Good morning, everyone. I hope you are ready for the word of God. If you have your Bibles or your iPads or whatever you're looking to look up the scripture, let's turn to John chapter 11, verses 17 through 25. And I want to read this particular passage as we'll get most of what we will talk about out of this today. So here we go. It says, so when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days and who he's talking about is Lazarus. Uh, 18th verse. Now, Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away, and many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha as soon as she had heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this. Let's pray, guys. Lord, I thank you just for the privilege and the opportunity to always come before your word, always come before you hearing what you want us to tell, what you want to tell us by the Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord, that everyone that is listening will just sit and really take in what it is that you are speaking to us. Give us the ear to hear what you are saying, Lord. Through all of the problems and the disruptions and the distractions, Father, I pray that you will just make our spirit attentive to what you are speaking to us. Because this, this word is what changes our lives. This word is what shifts our perspective. And I believe, Lord, that what you want to say today is going to really set us up for where we are going, not just as a local church, but as your people. So, Lord, I pray that you have your way and that you will speak in Jesus name. Amen. Wow, guys, this this month has been awesome. Um, I just wanted to just share my gratitude with the messages with Brahma and the messages that they've been giving us has just been so powerful, so impactful, such um, real meaty word that we can all stand on. Uh, I think the message that Di really started with, with the just being tired, you know, it's, it's a real thing that I believe all of us can relate to. And that's what makes the word of God so incredible and relatable and just the message that she gave us, even that that start with the I'm tired message and how we all get that way. But 
the solution is that when she so powerfully expressed how we have to be people who disciple ourselves with the word of God through any season, it's just that, you know, and the Bible says, do not be weary in well-doing. So powerful. And then the message that Brahm gave when uh, talking about the, the feeding of the 5,000 and how when, you know, even Jesus, when we get to the end of our strength as human beings, then that's when the strength of God really comes alive and we can really see that. And I think when we think about today, you know, um, I, I'm just amazed at what God has done. But it's really a chance for us, as this is significant, I really believe, for us to be in the last Sunday of the month, the last Sunday of the year. Um, we can reflect on what 2020 has been about and how crazy it has been. Um, it's been pretty sad for the, the country, for the world. Uh, we've experienced a lot of heartbreaking things, you know, even as people. Some of us have lost loved ones due to the pandemic. Some of our loved ones have been greatly affected by it, you know. Uh, the way we've operated just being humans and the way we interact with one another was drastically changed this year. Uh, and we've had to endure some hard things. I think with the challenge uh, that it has brought us has really challenged us mentally, um, even spiritually. Uh, maybe a lot of us have experienced a real some real moments of even trying to figure out, is God there? Um, is, you know, maybe have questioned a lot of our faith and what is really happening with us. It's been challenging probably on a lot of fronts, like our relationships with our loved ones, our relationships with our spouses, with our families. Um, I think we have to really look at these things and, and just really be honest about it. It's, it's left, you know, this year has left a lot of people feeling hopeless, a lot of people feeling faithless, feeling like no one sees them. Um, and even those that have been living on their own for all of this time and the isolation that you've experienced uh, has has probably been very, very shattering, you know, and it, it keeps us even looking forward and seeing that, yeah, we have some, you know, a glimmer of hope now looking now, you know, restrictions have eased more and <clears throat> things have changed and looking on the up and up, if you, if you will, going into 2021, but I also think even in the back of our minds, we we could still be easily asking that question. What if another outbreak? What if another lockdown? Can I handle it? Can we handle it? What will really happen? 
I think it's good and I think it's healthy to really see this year for what it's really been. And that really sets the scene of how this year has um, come and gone up until this point now. So as we read the scripture, which is such a hopeful feeling, and I'm excited now, and I'm really trying to take my time because the word of God is the very strength that we all have, that if any year, this year is the year that we can really truly see that, but we have to look at it. We have to open it up. And we have to allow God to speak to us through his word. So I want to go back into that passage we just read because I really want to set the scene with that passage. And I think we can we will be able to see some of the similarities that we're experiencing now that would have been experienced with people like Martha and Mary and those that were around and even Jesus himself. So let's really do that. Um, <clears throat> if we look at, sorry, just getting getting my notes together. But if we look and kind of come back before the part of the scripture that I read in John chapter 11, I started with the 17th verse. But if we come back, we see that Martha had got word to Jesus that Lazarus was sick. And, you know, I won't go into the whole story because I really want to encourage you guys to read it. But just to kind of set up the scene, like I was saying, uh, once Jesus got the word, that would have been the indicator for Jesus to go because his his brother, which, you know, actually says in in the word of God, how he loved them. He loved Lazarus. He was like his brother, he, you know, Martha and Mary were like sisters to him. And, and we are considered to be brothers of Jesus as the word declares that. Um, so Lazarus was someone that he loved. And it says that in the word of God. So when Martha sent word to Jesus that Lazarus was sick, I can only imagine that Jesus was ready to go at that moment. However, When you read the scripture, it talks about that Jesus waited purposely because he knew this and what was about to happen will give God, his father, the glory. See, Jesus always put the purpose and the work that God had given him above everything else, including his emotions, including his his thought process. He always put God's purpose above that because God's will was why Jesus was come and was why Jesus was sent. So he stayed and he waited. And then finally, you know, he tells the disciples, look, we need to go back into Judea. We need to go back into Bethany. And the disciples kind of put up a little bit, not too much of a fight, but they remind Jesus, look, Jesus, this is a place that, you know, these people were trying to stone you. Why would you want to go back into this area? And Jesus trying to be nice about it. He says, well, look, our brother, our the one we love, the one I love, Lazarus, he's sleeping and I need to go wake him up. And the disciples just kind of take the natural point of it and say, oh, well, if that's the case, he'll get better. 
You know, he's sick. He'll get better. And Jesus makes it plain. He said, no, Lazarus is dead. And we need to go back so that he and that you will believe. Interesting that you, the people who have been following me and those that will be around will believe that God has sent me. So that's what happens. And, you know, when we when we think about it, it's like, yeah, again, Jesus could have gone. He could have done this, but he purposely waited. He waited on the right timing of when God wanted him to go. And so we see what happens. Jesus goes and again, like, you know, like I was saying, Bethany wasn't far away. And when he gets there, he finds out, as the scripture says, that Lazarus has been dead in the tomb for four days. And that's just powerful to really see that. Of course, you know, Jesus had already performed miracles. He had already performed healings and even raised people from the dead. But when we read this, I, I would even venture off to say that this probably could have been the longest someone had been dead before Jesus performed the miracle of raising Lazarus from the dead. So let's let's read this and let's really get into it as we have set that picture. It starts with the conversation with Martha and and verse 21, it says, now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. I find that interesting because he didn't really respond by telling Martha, OK, yes, God will give me what I need uh, for this moment to give you comfort, to give you, you know, uh, everything that you need to know that God is real. He's good and he loves you. No, Jesus goes straight, cuts straight to the point and says, your brother will rise again. It's like there's an authority that Jesus Get straight to the point with, you know, as I'm reading this, it's like I'm picking up. OK, there's an authority here that Jesus is already setting before anything happens. And there's a reason for it. God is going to get the glory and he's going to get um, the honor in this because everyone is going to see who Jesus really is. So he continues. Martha comes back. And she says, I know that he will rise again and I know that he will get up at the resurrection at the last day. So Martha's response, yes, yeah, a good one is a positive one, however, but it's focused more on an event and not so much on what Jesus is actually saying in this moment. So it's like. Martha is okay with the event being so far away. And she's come to that realization that, yeah, I, I know that Jesus, I know Lazarus is going to get up. I believe that. I believe that is going to happen at the last day. This way, we don't know when that is. And because it's unknown, 
it makes me feel a little bit easier that is going to happen then. This could be the thinking around it because Martha clearly confesses that, yes, Lazarus is going to get up, but that will happen in the future. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that, Lord. So it's pretty amazing how even in the mentioning of what Martha is saying, there's still a limitation around it. It's like it's been regulated to or or limited to what is going to happen in the future. But Jesus comes back with the response and he says, no, Martha, that that's that's not what I mean when I say your brother is going to rise again. He tells her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. And then he leaves her with this question, which is my question to all of us. Do you believe this? Think about that. This is very critical. He's not asking her if she believes that Lazarus can be raised. After all, like I said, Martha believes that. But what he's trying to get her and what he's asking her is if she believes that he, as in Jesus, is the resurrection. Not that this moment will happen, but that who he is is bigger than a moment. He is the one that he's trying to get her to focus on. To me, that changes the game entirely. It it, it shifts everything entirely because Jesus is not trying to prove that he can do something for someone rather than he is wanting and trying to get her and everyone else as we continue to read that the focus is really and really should be on him. So that 27th verse, this is Martha's response. She says, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God, who is to come into the world. At face value on the surface, I think that's a great answer. However, as I continue to read through this passage, And read that very same response. She says, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God, who has come into the world. It leaves me with the question, okay, but did Martha really answer the question that was given or that was posed to her by Jesus? So let's keep reading. What does Martha do? She goes to get Mary. She goes and gets Mary. She tells Mary that Jesus is not in town yet, but she tells him where he is. So Mary runs to Jesus. Now, let's listen to what she says. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. This is powerful. Because now I think we can safely say that 
were getting this picture of how valuable their brother was to the sisters and how hurtful and how much pain and grief they're experiencing right now. They both asked the exact same question. And yet they were with Jesus alone. It kind of shows you that maybe they had conversations prior to seeing Jesus. Maybe when they sent report to Jesus saying, look, Lazarus is sick. They were expecting Jesus to come because they knew Jesus is a healer. He will do it. Yes, it doesn't matter how sick Lazarus is. We know if we tell the one who we believe is the son of God, we know according to the records of how many people he has healed, we know that if he comes, he'll heal our brother. After all, he's compassionate. He's kind. He's loving. He will do it. And he loves Lazarus. So just imagine being one of the sisters and counting the days after you've sent report. And even when that person or those messages come back and say, yes, we told Jesus, we believe he's on his way and he doesn't show. Just imagine the days go by and then all of a sudden Lazarus dies. But then keep thinking. Okay, they've put him in the tomb. They, they've, they've had his funeral. They've put him in the tomb. One day, two days, he's definitely dead now. Like, we have to figure out a way how to really go on with life without him. We don't know where Jesus is. Three days. Is, is, maybe all hope is lost for him to even show up. Four days. We have to really understand that from a natural standpoint, this is easy to kind of see that maybe this is the hurt that we're hearing from Martha and Mary. Because the first thing they say is, if you would have been here, Jesus, my brother would still be here. I know you are the son of God, which is why we called for you. But he's gone now. And not only is he gone, he's in the tomb. And it's been four days. So pardon me, Jesus. I, I just have to get this out. It's so great to see you. And I would love to have an incredible conversation of how things have been and, and all of that stuff. But I just got to be real in this moment. If you would have been here. My brother would not have died. Think about that now in what we're living in. Do you see the similarities? Maybe you've experienced, you know, some very heartbreaking, very shattering, very, you know, ridiculous, crazy things in your life during this financial or during this pandemic, financial hardship, livelihoods being destroyed, families being ripped apart. Not being able to see the loved one that maybe you lost during this pandemic because we couldn't get out of lockdown. The mental health going berserk. 
is so many different similarities that we can pull from when we're reading the scripture. Because this brings us to the understanding that Martha, Mary, and all these other people are real people experiencing real issues. And where is Jesus? He is right in the center of it. You don't see Jesus running away. You don't see Christ hiding. He chooses to come in the middle of a very, very hopeless situation, a a situation that everyone has given up on. And why wouldn't they? After all, the person that they sent for the person that was the reason as to why they sent for Jesus is not only dead, but he is in the tomb and has been there for four days. Hmm. So what happens when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who come with her weeping, he groaned in his spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? Now, there could be many reasons why he groaned and why he was troubled. Many reasons. And I'm sure a lot of those reasons could relate to the fact that Jesus carrying the compassion that he did and who he was would have had and felt so much for them. But he knew this is the moment that you are going to see the glory of God because the will of God is what I've decided to put first so that you will see what he is trying to show you, who is me. He's trying to get you to focus on me. And as we continue to read, even in that next scripture, it says, and some of them said, this is why is it important? It's important to see where this is going. Some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? So they're all looking to Jesus to be the healer. They're not considering That Jesus is more than that. They're not considering that when you get to the point and the brother, the loved one is in the tomb for four days, completely given up on it. Jesus is right there. He's not moving. He's not budging. And as as a matter of fact, he's now showing up. Because it is time for us to see who he really is, not the situation, who he really is. So the logical reasoning behind these people speaking, it makes sense because that's why they reached out to Christ. But the groaning and the, and, and the compassion and, and, and the spirit that is groaning within Jesus, it's something else that's happening because he knows, yes, I could have been here and healed him, of course. But this moment is going to bring you guys up to another level of understanding that I am more than just a healer. I am the resurrection. I am the life. And sometimes situations have to become so dire, so trying, so hopeless 
That when God shows up, he shows up just how he is as the resurrection. As all the power that we need. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I'm telling you, I know this year has been so trying for all of us. But guess what's here? Guess who's here? Jesus. He's right in the midst of it. So let's keep going. Jesus, again, groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. What does Jesus say? He says, take away the stone. Wow. Not asking. He's telling them. That's the limitation that's there. That's the hopeless. Now, now move it. Move it out of the way. Take away the stone. What does Martha say? And this will bring us back to the answer that he gave, that she gave when Jesus asked him the question, do you believe this? She says, the sister of him who was dead said to Jesus, after Jesus tells them and tells her to take away the stone, she says, Lord, by the time, by this time, there is a stench for he has been dead four days. Jesus didn't ask for any of that information. And as a matter of fact, his response to her, he says, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? I asked you this, Martha. Yes, you gave me the great answer of me being the Christ. Of course, I am the son of God. Yes, you gave me that. And that is true. But oftentimes we can give that same answer because we know it's an answer that we can be a bit more comfortable with in our thinking. Yes, he is the son of God. That is who we proclaim. That is what the scripture says. Jesus is the son of God. And in situations like this, yes, he is the son of God. But Jesus asked her a specific question. Do you believe I am the resurrection and the life? Because that is what is about to be tested right now. So I want to see if you believe this. So when I tell you to roll the stone away, I don't need any extra information of how this, the, the atmosphere or the environment or the situation in that moment looks. I don't need the hopelessness. I don't need the limitation. I see all of that. I want you to get your eyes off of the tomb and put your eyes on me. Because if you see me, you can tell the stone to move. Woo! You can tell it to go. Because Jesus is saying, I am the resurrection. So that is the test, even for Martha. Did I not ask you and say to you the very thing? Do you believe because today in this moment, you will see the glory of God? So how should we and how do we see Jesus even in the moment that we're living in, even in this last Sunday of the year 2020, a year that no one expected would happen? A year that no one expected would come this far into this where we can't see family. Now it's opening up, but to experience life, even, even if you have those that live internationally like myself, can't get to them. 
right now, in the moments that we live in, how do we see Jesus? Well, first of all, three quick things. Number one, Jesus is not limited to a future event. That moment when Martha says, I know he will get up at the resurrection at the last day. No, no, no. He, as in Jesus, doesn't need anything external to line up for him to have an impact right where you are. He doesn't need us to try to make things work out, make things line up, and even these future events waiting on that to happen for Jesus to come in and be who he is. No, Jesus' response wasn't, yes, and on the resurrection, I'll be able to raise him up. He said, I am the resurrection. So number one, Jesus is not limited to a future event. Number two, Jesus is not limited to our current situation. So the moment that both Martha and Mary say, if only you had been here, he wouldn't have died. Okay. He wouldn't have died, but now he is dead. Does that mean I can't be who I am? Does that mean Jesus can't move the way he wants to? Absolutely not, because he's not limited to anything situationally. As a matter of fact, we have to see Jesus beyond our situation. He's not just God within our circumstance. He's God beyond it. So we can't have the attitude of our trust is in him according to our situation. It cannot be our trust being in him or being situationally based. It has to be a no matter what based. It has to be no matter what happens, no matter how it looks. It's completely hopeless. It's completely no life left and nothing's going to happen. Well, you know what? If Jesus is here, then anything can happen. That's how we have to see it. Because the last point I want to make is that Jesus is. He is everything. So when he says, I am the resurrection and I am the life, Martha, Mary, and everyone sitting around understand the God that is going to show his glory through me is for this reason. This has been set up and I was purposely waiting for you to get that I'm more than a healer, that I am more than your situation, that I am more than your tomb. And no matter how long it has been, if you get your eyes off of what negatively or you get your eyes off of what the natural is showing you, Martha, Mary, take your eyes off of the tomb. You've counted one, two, three, four days. Okay, but take your eyes off of that and put your eyes on me. Because I am the resurrection and the life. Guys, I want to leave you with this point. 
we have experienced something that none of us ever thought would ever happen. But now let's take our eyes off of what we have experienced and put our eyes on the one who is the resurrection and the life. Because he is the one that makes the impact. He is the one that can take what we've been through and completely shift it by changing first the way we think and the way we see him. And guess what? We don't have to wait for Jesus to walk in because he's already in us. And that is the power. Father, I thank you because you are the resurrection and the life. And I pray for every single person listening to this, every single person watching this, Lord, knowing that this is the last Sunday of the year. As we go into 2021, we understand that there is a fear sitting, sitting and maybe lurking in the back of our minds as to will this look like 2020. But we can rest assured, Lord, that you have got us to where we are now. And no matter how it looks, all we need to do is trust you. You are in us. And if you are in us, the resurrection and the life is in us right where we stand. So we can speak the things that you speak. We can believe the things that you tell us to believe. We can trust the things that you say. And as we pour ourselves into the word of God, we know that you will transform our thinking. You will transform our perspective. You will shift our understanding and our faith will increase, not in better situations, but in you. And we pray these things and let your presence remain with us and that we will see your power, especially where we're going. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a good one, guys.